Dan Bongino. I owe you. Who owes who? You owe me. I owe you. There's no money. The Dan Bongino Show. Anything run by liberals will be run into the ground, burned, stepped on, gasoline poured on it, and burned again. Get ready to hear the truth about America. They're arguing about things and debating how quickly they can deconstruct the greatest country in the history of mankind and all of the ideas and norms that have gotten us here. On a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Renegade Republican with Dan Bongino. Producer Joe, how are you today? Hey, Dan, doing well. Thanks, man. You know, it didn't. As I said on yesterday's show, it didn't take but two minutes for <laughs> liberals to politicize this yep. uh, tragedy in Las Vegas. Folks, they just can't help themselves. They cannot help themselves. And you have to understand why this is, right? Mm. When you're obsessed with power, the, the, the obtaining of power, the use of power to control other people, that's what liberalism is, okay? Conservatism is a, a, a near obsession with individual rights, with God-given big R rights, with limited government, and the growth of the individual, right? That's what we believe in passionately. Yep. The opposite of that is a diminished individual and the power of the state. When you are obsessed with the power of the state, your morals and ethics go out the window, and a lot of times... Times you live in a moral or ethical vacuum. When you live in a moral or ethical vacuum, right? You see a mass shooting. You don't think sympathy and empathy for the victims. You think, how can I use this sh- uh, shooting to strategically leverage it to gain power over other people? Because that's all you believe in. That's all you care. Never let a crisis go to waste. Never let a crisis go to waste. And liberals never do. So I've got a lot to discuss about this. Jimmy Kimmel at it again. This guy, I, I, you know, I, I have been very. I think empathetic to his situation with his child on the healthcare issue. Mm-hmm. I do that deliberately. I think uh, he he has earned the right to speak about issues he wants to speak about on healthcare if he believes it will affect his kid. My criticism of Jimmy Kimmel was on the Obamacare issue. Of course, the late night host I'm talking about is he doesn't do his homework and he's propagandizing you because he's got has emotions invested into it. Granted, because of his child, and I understand that. I understand, but that does not give you the right to say things that are categorically untrue. You may have the illegal right to say them, but it doesn't give you the moral right to lie to people. Right. And what's happening now is he's at it again on the gun control thing. Liberals are losing their minds on this. Um, the story yesterday is is taking a number of different turns, and this is why I'm always very cautious of putting out information. I was very careful on a lot of my media hits yesterday, especially about uh, when it came to the reporting about automatic weapons. There's a number of different reports out there today uh, uh, that the couple of the weapons were not, in fact, automatic weapons. They were semi-automatic weapons, which liberals still... I, I, I can't believe how many liberals still don't understand the distinction with bump triggers on them. Now, let me just one more time go through this because Rich Lowry and Adrian Elrod just had an uh, interesting debate on Fox News about the new push for gun control. There's no such thing as gun control. Remember that. There's only people control. Mm -hmm. There's almost nothing governments can do to control guns. They can try, but if criminals want them bad enough, they will get them, as we've seen in Paris, as we've seen in strict gun control countries, in strict gun control cities. When criminals want to get guns, uh, when you outlaw guns, what does the bumper sticker say? Only outlaws will have guns. Yeah, we're not the bumper sticker party, but that is, in fact, correct. When you outlaw guns, only outlaws will have guns. That's what happens. Semi-automatic, one depression of the trigger, one round. Automatic, one depression of the trigger, multiple rounds until you release the trigger. That's the difference. 
This guy, it, it appears from some recent reports, and I'll put this in the show notes today, available at Bongino.com. Please subscribe to my email list. I'll send you the show notes. It's an interesting story about he, uh, from, uh, it was in Paul, uh, Paul Bedard's Washington Secrets, and he may have had a bump trigger. A bump trigger is a trigger that is a semi-automatic trigger, and it's got a piece on it that works using the recoil of the weapon. The recoil of the weapon almost forces your, your finger to pull the trigger as it re- recoils after each round. So it gives a cycle rate of, of basically an automatic weapon, but it is not an automatic weapon. Folks, these are important distinctions. These are facts we need to know because insisting he had an automatic weapon, if you're a liberal, saying we had an automatic weapon, we need to ban them, mm-hmm. ignores the fact that it's extremely difficult to get an automatic weapon now. And in fact, since the mid-1980s, it's been almost impossible to get your hands on an automatic weapon, even me uh, can, uh, being a former Secret Service agent. So just... Libs, can you please just stick to the truth? Now, what's bothering me about this and the rage out there, the CBS News executive. Oh, man. Yeah, who, who you saw this story, the CBS yeah. News executive who basically said she didn't have a lot of sympathy for because a lot of the people at this concert who were shot were Trump victims. This is epidemic of what I'm seeing. So the, just to sum up quickly what I'm trying to get at here. Number one, liberals refuse to engage in this debate on the merits. And I'm going to give you some examples in a minute. That's our first uh, topic I want to address. Liberals are not talking about, quote, gun control, which is a fictitious idea. It's people control based on the merits. They're just making things up and they're making up talking points. But secondly, I want to address just quickly. Folks, the reason we have this divide with liberals is in large uh, liberals view conservatives as bad people attached to ideas. I've tried to make this point over and over on media hits, and I will today because it's very important you understand this. Liberals see us as bad people attached to ideas. We see liberals as bad ideas attached to people. That's a very critical distinction that will explain, I think, a lot of why the CBS executive and all of these liberals, why they are so angry. Listen, I've had my moments of anger. I still get angry at liberals all the time, but I don't live an angry life. Liberals are angry at everyone all the time because they see conservatives as bad idea, as as bad people attached to ideas that are interfering with their state power agenda. And they believe in the ends justify the means and anything we have to do to get rid of these people, uh, you know, we'll do. And that's not all liberals, but the radical portion, many of them certainly feel that way. And when you see this with this lady at CBS, who basically believes that Trump voted, that Trump people in the crowd were shot deserve no sympathy this is just another example of liberals thinking these are bad people attached to ideas and therefore joe they had it coming now getting back to my original point on this how liberals are just making stuff up at this point folks i brought up the idea the uh excuse me the talking point that they've been throwing out there about automatic weapons it is already extremely difficult to get an automatic weapon there's a class three firearms license that you have to to transfer these the atf monitors every transaction they are all registered there's a tax stamp involved i think it's 200 dollars. this is a very complicated process it is not the same as buying a semi-automatic weapon Mm -hmm. now Adrienne Elrod was just on. She is a liberal. She was debating Rich Lowry on Fox, and she again confused the two. She said she didn't, but she did. She made a, a, She said something that I, I, I had. I was getting ready for the show, so I usually keep the volume down. Mm-hmm. I had to turn it up because I thought I heard it kind of lightly, Joe, and I'm like, did I just hear that right? <laughs> So I rewinded, I listened again, and I did hear it right. She said, semi-automatic weapons are used for one thing and one thing only, to kill people. Mm-hmm. I thought, wow, that's incredible. They're not used for sport. They're not used for hunting. Again, she's confusing the two. 
She's confusing semi-automatic weapons with automatic weapons. And either way, autom- both of those premises are not true either. There are people who have automatic weapons who use them for sporting competitions and other things as well. Not If the only purpose to owning an automatic weapon, Joe, was to go and kill people, how come every person with an automatic weapon hasn't killed someone? Mm. Uh, I'm not, I mean, it's a serious question. Yeah. I mean, I'm just using their own logic. Like if automatic weapons are sole purpose and everybody uh, possessing them are bad people who are looking to kill people, then how come everyone who owns an automatic weapon in the United States hasn't killed someone? Yeah. Matter of fact, we haven't seen an incident like this in decades. How come there's not mass, uh, you know, a massive number of these events out there right now with automatic weapons being used to mow people down left and right every day? Because Adriana Rudd does not know what she's talking about. Now, she confused the two. She said semi-automatic weapons are only used to kill people, and that's the only purpose of them, which, of course, is not true. It's a Democrat talking point. But Rich Lowry made a great point because she was arguing for universal background checks, which is another another talking point brought up by the left. Folks, background checks are nearly universal when you purchase. They are universal when you get it from a federal firearms dealer, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, There is no gun show loophole, right? We all understand that, right? Mm -hmm. The gun show loophole, because that was brought up yesterday by Kimmel as well, who doesn't, again, this guy is constantly, uh, I mean, you know, folks, it's just disturbing. The guy has no need personally. I mean, I have a platform here, not nearly the size of Jimmy Kimmel's, but a good one, and I always appreciate it. And when I say something, I always feel the need to back it up with the data and the homework. And if I'm proven wrong, I'll correct it. Matter of fact, I got an interesting email from a guy yesterday on the Jones Act that we'll talk about in a minute. But mm. Kimmel feels no need to do that, Joe, with an audience probably more than 10, 20 times the size. Mm. He has he goes on the air and he says things about the gun show loophole. There's no gun show loophole to buy a weapon. When you buy a weapon at a gun show from a federally licensed firearm dealer, Folks, I promise you, you will go through a background check. If you doubt me, go to Steven Crowder's videos Yeah, it's at CRTV uh, and louderwithcrowder.com and put in gun show loophole and watch his videos where he, he goes into the gun shows and asks him about the gun show loophole and they all look at him like he's crazy. Mm-hmm. Do you understand this is a myth? This is, not a, this is not a fact-based talking point. The liberals are just making this up. If you believe in it, you are, you are embracing stupidity. Yeah, and when you hear people applaud for this stuff, and you think you got to be kidding me, the whole place is just applauding. Well, listen, that's that's brought on with you know producers with the the applause and starting them up and all. Somebody in there is going, "Are you kidding me? I got to listen to this ear poop." I know because I get emails from Hollywood people all the time who tell yeah. me you'd be surprised how many conservatives are in the industry you here bet. and have to listen to this crap every day. And the audience, yeah. They eat it up, but it's not fact-based. Right. And, and Lowry brought up a great point today to Adrian Elrod. I'm sorry if I'm all, I'm, I'm just really upset about this topic because yeah, I'm a man. passionate believer in the Second Amendment and I'm tired every time a lunatic goes out there and does something insane and, and, and criminal, homicidal, assaults someone, shoots someone, engages in crime. All of a sudden, my rights are in jeopardy because of someone else's actions. Because of liberals who have a control agenda. They want your weapons. Lowry says to Elrod, he says, listen, it's interesting you're bringing up this universal background check thing because this guy had no criminal background to speak of and would have passed the background check. And her answer was really telling. She's like, well, we should try this stuff and try other stuff. This is the Democrats' agenda. They have no evidence that anything they're going to do is going to work. They just want to try things that infringe on you, not the actual criminals. I mean, that's your... Folks, that's your theory of governing. Your theory of governing is that we should just randomly pass new laws 
like we're throwing like jello on a wall to see what'll stick, right? We should randomly pass new laws and hope that stuff works, regardless of the impact on every other American. Joe, you see the point I'm making here? Yeah. That this is the new, this is, that's not the new, this is the, at least in messaging, it's new, but this is the liberal way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Something happens, it's a crisis. Leverage the crisis to pass new laws. Produce no evidence whatsoever these laws will work, but understanding the entire time these new laws will infringe upon the rights of every other American who's done nothing wrong. This is the new liberal ethos. So Rich Lowry says to her, you can't have it both ways. You can't say on one hand that you want to pass a bunch of laws that you can't tell me would make any kind of a difference And then on the other hand, tell us basically you don't want to confiscate guns because that's what they want, folks. They want to confiscate guns. You see what the point that Larry's making? Larry's Larry's point is this from a national review. And it was a good one. Just be honest, Joe. Just tell the American people you want to confiscate their guns because you already admitted the new laws you're proposing are not going to do anything. The liberals are, are, are... in this debate now, which they always bring because they cannot control themselves. They have absolutely no legislative self-control at all. They have now no ability to empathize, sympathize. They saw a political moment yesterday in tragedy and they're running with it. The woman admitted, Elrod, on the Fox News interview that she has nothing. She has no legislative proposal that would have fixed what happened yesterday or stopped it, I should say. Right. And yet she won't admit that their real agenda is to confiscate guns. Well, we should replicate the Australian model. What? The confiscation of guns? <laughs> Just be honest. They have no capacity to do that. That's why I'm proud of this show. We're honest. We tell you the truth. Now, dispelling a couple myths yesterday, again, the, about the automatic weapons yesterday. It, was, it looks like now it was a bump trigger. There may have been an automatic weapon. And uh, there may have been one of these duplex triggers as well, which, again, if you... Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this, but these mm-hmm. duplex triggers you have... You ever heard of these, Joe? No, man. You, you pull the trigger, around goes off. You release the trigger, around goes off. So those are out oh. there as well. I actually got an email about it. Yes, someone called it a binary trigger. I've heard it called a few different things. Mm-hmm. But that may have been one of the weapons as well. But this is the importance right now of getting the facts about these stories before we do what liberals do and jump out of front of them. We need to ban automatic weapons. He had an automatic weapon. Well, you find out later on, well, it may not have been automatic. It may have been a bump stock. Oh, okay, well... You're talking about very serious legislative proposals based on facts you don't have, and now facts that may not be facts at all may have been totally incorrect. So getting rid of that, there's no gun show loophole, folks. If you buy a weapon from a federally licensed firearm dealer at a gun show, you have to go through a background check. What liberals are referring to with their propaganda tactic of the gun show loophole, which has nothing to do with gun shows at all, they are referring to the ability of private-to-private gun sales, which can happen at a gun show, but is usually more commonly with people passing guns down through generations or family members giving them to other family members. There's no reason the government should have to monitor every single transaction that involves a firearm. You want to buy one from a dealer? Fine. We have background checks for that. But stop making this up, okay? There's no gun show loophole. The If you're using that talking point, you're being completely disingenuous. A gun show loophole, the the um, what's, what's defining the loophole is the gun show. Yeah. But there is nothing about a gun show that is unique that gives, there's no loophole. Right. It's just made up. It is a private to private sale. It has nothing to do with gun shows. You're just making that talking point up. Now, a couple other things on this. I got other stuff I want to get to as well. Hillary Clinton yesterday puts out a tweet. Typical Democrat garbage spewing from their mouths. Hot smoking garbage every time there's a tragedy about 
Congress is ready to pass a law about silencers. Folks, (laughs) here we go. Listen, there is no such thing as a silencer, okay? This is another stupid liberal talking point where they assume the entire time that you will not do your homework. There's, I don't know what a silencer is. No. I don't know anyone with any experience with firearms. Who knows what a silencer is? I know what liberals want you to think it is, but there is no such thing as a silencer. This isn't the movies. This isn't Chow Yun Fat in that movie with Mia Sorvino. With the, this is this is not a, a you know a Jackie Chan flick. Okay, this is the real world. There is no such thing as a silencer. Now, there are suppressors. Mm-hmm. There are suppressors, which I, I firmly believe should be legal because it's very difficult, especially if you have a home defense weapon, to defend yourself, especially in the middle of the night when, they, when they're really loud. If you can suppress the sound a little bit and be able to operate and defend yourself, then yes, I think those you, sh- you should be able to buy those because we're a free people. But there is no such thing as a silencer. Again, understand if you're listening. This is a stupid Democrat focus group tested word they use, knowing it's not the appropriate technical term and understanding the entire time that it sounds more a silencer. Gosh, we're going to have silent weapons now? Mm. No, trust me, you're not going to have silent weapons. They've seen him on James Bond, you know? I'm so it's got to be real. It it's got to be, be real, Joe. That's right. They saw they saw Roger Moore, who was yeah. like the worst James Bond ever. Roger Moore had it, <laughs> so therefore it has to be real. You're right, right, Joe. It's a good point. If it was in James Bond, it was totally legit. Her with the silencers. Again, just making it up. Now, folks, on the gun control issue, just finally, because this is important, Daily Signal has a really good piece I'll put up in the show notes today. I strongly encourage you to read it. I just want to read quickly from the piece because this is important. This is from the National, uh, what is it, the Association for Legal Action noted that as gun ownership has risen to an all-time high, the nation's total violent crime rate has fallen to a 44-year low and the murder rate has fallen to an all-time low. Basically, Americans have acquired over uh, 170 million new guns, doubling the number of privately owned guns in America. So, folks, how many times have I had to explain to liberals on this show the idea of science, which they have a tough time with, and the idea of research and statistical analysis? When you do a statistical analysis, you're trying to make you're trying a statistical analysis, excuse me, and you're trying to make a correlation. If A, then B, A and B are somehow related. The idea is to get the largest number of people or or, or uh, exemplars you can in that study so that you can generalize the results, not the smallest. If I want to understand the effects of medicine X on a group of people, I need to get a representative sample of said group of people. I cannot run medicine X on a one-person trial, Joe, because that one person may be, he may be allergic to it. He may die. You can't conclude then. That Medicine X is going to kill everybody in the population. You can't. So we want to randomize. We want to pick a random sample. That way, the the uh, the the what the what they call confounding variables, allergies. You know, people who are just non-responders. They're randomized over the whole population. The point I'm trying to make here, folks, is when you use the population of the entire United States and you say, "Does increased gun ownership lead to increased crime or gun crime?" The answer is no. Matter of fact, the answer is the opposite. So all of these people out there telling you and cherry picking examples. Well, if you look here, you'll find this, and if you look at Australia, you'll find this. The answer I want to know about is in the United States, and the biggest and most robust example you can use that would be most scientifically valid in a correlational example, if A then B, is the entire United States. 
And in the entire United States, gun ownership has gone up dramatically and crime and violent crime has gone down. That's not refutable. They can, folks, just remember that one number. They can throw out any other statistic they want to you. All of it's cherry picking. It is the equivalent of saying in that medicine study, if you were to run Medicine X and run it across, say, 100 million people in the United States and you get a beneficial effect, whatever, low blood pressure goes down. And it's the equivalent of saying, I say, hey, Medicine X works. You know, we did a study on a, on 100 randomized or whatever, 100 million randomized subjects. That's a lot. And we had a decrease of 10 percent in blood pressure. And it's like them come back. No, no, that's not right. Johnny uh, Bag of Donuts in New York died when he took it. Oh, okay, so we should throw it out? Johnny Bag of Donuts may have been allergic to it. That's Joe, do you see where I'm going with this? Yeah, yeah sure. We, the conservative, the only example you should be concerned about is the one with the biggest number of subjects. Right. The liberals are cherry picking. Oh, well, in this part of the country, we've seen this happen. Folks, this is, this is what they're doing. They're cherry picking the Joey Bag of Donuts case because mm-hmm. that's all they have. They have nothing else. It's really disturbing. And, and just a quick, here's like to, to quote Kimmel accurately, because Kimmel's just he, he's he's not helping here. He's just causing chaos. Talking about how uh, if we should politicize this debate immediately, which is a big resounding no on my end, of course. But, you know, liberals don't care about that. He said, well, I disagree with that intensely. The idea that we shouldn't bring it up now, Kimmel said, because because, of course, there's something we can do about it. Now, notice what he tells you which is almost nothing. This is what Jimmy Kimmel suggests we can do about gun control. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of things we could do about it, but we don't, he continued, which is interesting because when someone with a beard attacks us, we tap phones, we invoke travel bans, we build walls, we take every possible precaution to make sure it doesn't happen again. But when an American buys a gun and kills other Americans, there's nothing we can do about that. Notice how he offers nothing. He doesn't actually, this is interesting. He actually refutes his own point, Joe. Mm. He says when there's a terrorist attack that Trump actually does stuff. We talk about a travel ban. He made you you heard my quote. Yeah. You can rewind. Yep. He he says conservatives when something happens, conservatives take legislative action that actually matters. And then he proposes he goes, "Well, and now we had this uh this this killing and we should do something because there's something we can do." That's like triple circular reasoning, okay? We can do something because there's something we can do. But then he talks about things we can't do. Like the gun show loophole. We can't change the gun show loophole. Why, Joe? Because there's no gun show loophole. There's nothing to change. This is what fascinates me. This guy has millions of viewers. Isn't he remotely concerned even a little bit, a teensy-weensy little bit about fact-checking? Doesn't it bother him that people are going to read and analyze what he said and say, Jimmy, that's just not right. You're saying we should do something about a something that's not a something. Apparently he doesn't care. I I, I I just don't get it. All right. Uh, today's show brought to you by our buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. Uh, sheesh, I'll tell you. Thanks for that uh, dawn to dusk. I needed it yesterday. I had a really long day yesterday. I was like, Joe, I'm dying here. I was on. I did. I think I did like every radio show on the planet yesterday. It was really busy and under really horrible circumstances. But I needed my Brickhouse to get through the day. Brickhouse Nutrition produces the best energy product out there. The product is called Dawn to Dusk. I get rave reviews. The stuff sells like hotcakes. It's absolutely terrific. We have a lot of return buyers there. Uh, Brickhouse Nutrition website is BrickhouseNutrition.com/slash Dan. 
That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Dawn to Dusk, it lasts for about 10 hours. It doesn't have any of the problems, these other uh, energy drinks where you get these ups and downs. You you know, you drink the drink, you got an hour to go, and then all of a sudden you crash, have a cup of coffee, you need 10 cups of coffee. A couple hours later, try this stuff. It's time release, the best stuff on the market. It's great for you CrossFitters out there, MMA folks, weightlifters, and really recreational uh, athletes, and really working moms and dads too. I mean, my wife loves it. She takes it before her hot yoga. She does her CrossFit now too. It's really great stuff. It'll help you get through the day. Give it a shot. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up a bottle of Dawn to Dust today. Really good stuff. Okay, so yesterday I talked about the Jones Act. I'm not going to get too wonky with this or dig into it, but someone sent me an email. Nice guy. Very nice email. And I always appreciate it. And brought up a point that I should have brought up yesterday. The Jones Act is under fire right now because of what's happening in Puerto Rico. The Jones Act mm-hmm. demands that American flagged vessels traveling from American territory to American territory, uh, that products and goods are transported on American flagged vessels. Now, that's a nuance I should have put in there yesterday, so my fault. Like I said, I always always try to give you the full story. I was just trying to get through the story rather quickly. Um, the problem with that, folks, is not allowing foreign competition in that arena is upping the price of products. And in Puerto Rico, which is obviously an island surrounded by water, this is causing a big problem. I appreciate the email, but it doesn't change my view on this at all. I, I, he made a, he makes a good case. He thinks in the email, uh, I can, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but the author of the email defends it saying, listen, you know, this is a national security issue. We really should have our American ships transporting goods from American territory to American territory. And also he makes the point that the, you know, foreign governments subsidize their shipping industry. So governments are really, it's unfair competition. Folks, I get it. And to the writer, I totally understand. But the answer to foreign subsidization of their industries, whatever it may be, airlines or other ones, is not to make products for the American consumer more expensive. And I'm sorry, but there is no refuting the fact that the Jones Act makes products more expensive. So I just looked up some quick data from a Cato piece I'll put in the show notes. Um, oil transported from Texas to the Northeast. Mm-hmm. It costs three times as more to do that than it does to ship it to Europe. Think about what I just told you. Say to take what? U.S. oil from Texas to the Northeast, it costs three times more to do that than to ship the same oil to Europe. Folks, that's just one example. I'm not using a single subject design. The Cato piece has a number of examples about how the Jones Act, by really eliminating foreign competition altogether when it comes to... <laughs> Sorry. Something like chewing on my leg there. I thought it was uh my, my mother in law's dogs that jumped in or something. Uh the Jones Act, it it up it decreases competition and increases prices. The Jones Act is ultimately hurting you. I get listen folks, I wanted I, I wanted to bring this email up today, not sp- to redo the Jones Act yesterday. But because this is something that bothers me a little bit, and I say this with all due respect to the guy who wrote me the email. It's a really nice email. I appreciate your listenership. If you know, if I lose listeners because I don't support their causes, that's I'm fine. I'm okay with. It. He didn't suggest that, but um, that's okay. I mean, I have to stand for something, and I just believe it's wrong. And how many times have I discussed on the show the idea of getting big? Often. You know, when I was in the mm-hmm. Secret Service, we had this idea uh, we used to instill into our students and imbue in them the idea that you have to get big, get big. When the when the gunshots start firing and they're coming down range there and we used to use these simunition rounds, it really hurts, like these plastic bullets. They, they hurt like hell, especially in the winter when they're frozen. We used to tell the students in the AOP exercises, assault on principle, 
where, you know, we'd walk a mock protectee around a fake guy pretending to be the president. Mm-hmm. You guys got to get big. When the gunshots go off, you can't duck. You have to eat that round for the protectee. You have to learn to get big. You have to train students that. You have to train them to get big. It's not instinct, Joe. It's instinct to right. duck. Yeah. I, again, I'm not trying to be a philosopher or a preacher here, folks, but I say to the author of that email, who happens to work in the industry, and I think it, he admitted he benefits from the Jones Act, Folks, how do you expect to fix anything if we're not willing to take it on the chin a little bit? How? Now, why do I bring that up? Because one, I got the email, but secondly, Trump's tax plan in conjunction with the GOP Congress is already running up against uh, significant opposition. I mean, unsurprisingly, from Republicans. I say unsurprisingly because you, listen, you expect Democrats. You expect Democrats to object to anything that puts more of your money in your pocket because they want your money. They have a control agenda. That doesn't surprise anyone. What's surprising me now is that Republicans, I shouldn't say it's surprising me. What's surprising me is the level of opposition uh, emanating from the Republicans after their epic failure on Obamacare. And why are they doing this? Let me read you a quote from a Bloomberg piece, which, again, I'll put in the show notes. And it's about the opposition by Republicans to the Trump tax plan out there now. Here's a quote. The real. uh, Wait, before I get into that, these are all lobbyists. And they're all fighting. None of them want to get big. They all want to fight for their little piece of the pie, knowing that the pie is being slowly whittled away and thrown down the drain. All right. I quote. The real estate industry opposes doubling the standard deduction, arguing that it would lead to fewer people itemizing deductions and therefore diminish the value of the mortgage interest deduction. This is crazy, Joe. Charities also oppose it, saying it lessens the use of the deduction for charitable giving. They're also concerned about the prospect of ending the estate tax, Mm -hmm. which they argue drives millions of dollars in charitable uh, contributions. Folks, this is amazing Mm. in a bad way. And again, I say to the author of the piece about the Jones Act, I get it that you benefit from it and that certain industries do. I'm I'm not indicting you here. I'm not making any moral judgments. I get it. What I'm telling you is the Jones Act is bad for business and bad for the economy in general because it violates every single law of economics. There is no law of economics that indicates that uh, the decrease in competition is good for price levels. None. These are iron laws of economics. And a national security argument about the Jones Act that these should be U.S. vessels, I, I I, I think it's silly. I have to be candid with you, folks. If foreign competitors want to transport goods from U.S. port to U.S. port, and there's some World War III breaks out tomorrow, as I said, making an argument about foreigners buying U.S. land assets. Joe, do you remember this one where I said, Mm. people are concerned about all the Chinese money coming Mm -hmm. into U.S. real estate. They're buying up the United States. Folks, this is the greatest deal ever. Like, what do you mean that they're, they're buying us up? Folks, seriously? World War III breaks out tomorrow. Do you actually think we would allow Chinese, say, say military officials who would maybe shuttle their money into U.S. real estate to infiltrate the United States and take, oh, hey, guys, come take your houses over here. Now we not only have their money, but their money's invested in U.S. assets, which we can confiscate because we live here. This is ours. This is this is our land. That is just a nominal deed. If World War Three broke out, we could say tomorrow, all right, we're taking back these assets. We need them for national security. And I'll make the same point to you about the Jones Act. Even better, we have their foreign vessels. Hey, we need that, that boat. Thanks. See you later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we don't have to use ours. Even better. 
I, these are not simplistic arguments, folks. That you're you're making. I, I think you're making a simplistic argument. You say something like, "Well, it, it's it's the threat. That, it's a threat to national security when the Chinese buy land here, as if we're going to give the to, give it to them in World War III. Same thing with boats. We're not going to let foreign flag vessels infiltrate U.S. ports in the middle of wartime. We'll probably confiscate them if it was if the national security situation was that great. So it's not true. So you got to get big. And what's happening now is the tax plan due to the doubling of the standard deduction. And just to be clear what this is, for those of you who may have missed it when I've discussed it before, standard deduction is a deduction everybody can take. It's going to be about $24,000 for married couples under this uh, Trump tax plan out there with the GOP Congress. He's not, you know, it's, it's a joint effort. That standard deduction means pretty much everybody gets it. Which means if you don't have deductions from your income worth more than that, you won't claim them. Mm. Does this make sense, Joe? I have to make this really simple because I think the get big argument doesn't work any other way. Here's the point I'm trying to make here, folks. Mm -hmm. If Trump doubles the standard deduction from 12 to 24,000, that is going to give an overwhelming number of Americans in the middle class a really heavy deduction from their income. If your family makes $90,000, you are now only going to be taxed on 90,000 minus the $24,000 deduction. Make sense? Yep. But you you can't deduct anything else at that point. Folks, this is a good thing. It's simple. It's less complicated, but the real estate industry is going nuts. Well, why? Because they don't want you to have that standard deduction. They want you to have a deduction for your house instead. Joe, that ironically may be worth less to you in some cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in, in some limited case that over and, and certainly less because I'm talking about the effect on the economy and the allocation of resources, but they want to have because it benefits them. Guys, ladies, I'm sorry. We're all going to have to get big and take it on the chin charities are opposing the estate tax. I re- I didn't read that to you wrong from Bloomberg. Yeah. Charities, charities want to, don't want the standard deduction to go up because they don't want you to have more money because they want to make sure that the charitable deductions, th- does that totally defeat the purpose of a charity or what? Hmm. Now, Joe charities, the reason this is disturbing. It really is. Mm-hmm. Charities. If you donate money to charity mm-hmm. and you don't meet that $24,000 threshold, you are not going to benefit from that because you already have the standard deduction, the twenty-four thousand. Okay, mm-hmm. so if if you're a charity and and you have the let's say you know you, you have people who are at thirteen thousand dollars, say the deduction now for families is twelve thousand. Let's say someone gives thirteen thousand dollars to charity, they can now use that thirteen thousand dollar charitable deduction uh, it, over the twelve thousand uh, dollar standard deduction now because okay. it's more. You want to deduct more income, right? You want to deduct more income because it's less money you're going to pay taxes on. So if the deductions double to twenty-four thousand, the person making that thirteen thousand dollar charitable donation now has no need to claim it on his taxes because the standard deduction doubled. I, I, if this is complicated, I'm very, very sorry. I'm trying to make it simple. If you made the thirteen thousand dollar deduction while the standard deduction was twelve. You can use that charitable deduction to deduct the thirteen thousand from your income and lower your tax bill. If the standard deduction doubles to twenty four, that thirteen thousand dollars deduction is useless mm-hmm. because you can't claim it because you've already claimed the standard deduction, which is more. Right. So now it doesn't benefit you tax wise, tax wise, Joe, mm-hmm. to make that thirteen thousand dollar charitable deduction. Does that make sense? Yeah. But the whole point of charity is not to do it for your taxes. That's nice. But to do it because you want to do it. 
So the fact that charities are fighting this is outrageous. <clears throat> Joe, another thing. Yeah. They're fighting the estate tax. Now, why? Now, this defeats the entire liberal narrative out there. Because what happens with the estate tax, which I believe is $5 million in assets, when you die, if you have above a certain threshold in assets, I think it's about $5 million or so at the federal level, and st- some states have these as well, you, you, you'll get a tax bill before you pay. Well, you'll be dead. But in order to transfer those assets to someone else, you'll have to pay a tax on the estate. That's why they call it the death tax, because right. it's paid upon your death out of your estate. Now, the irony of this is it causes such a tax bill that if you don't have liquid assets, so let's say you have a farm, Joe, and Mm -hmm. you don't have $100,000, and the tax bill to transfer the farm to your kids is $100,000. Well, what the hell are you going to do? You got to sell your dad's farm. You can't, you owe $100,000, you don't have it. So charities love this because why? Oh, people got to give it away to charity. Which, by the way, totally defeats the liberal argument that there's generational wealth. But the irony of this is in addition to that charitable donation where some people have to give it away to charity because they can't afford the tax bill. Mm -hmm. What winds up happening, Joe, is a lot of people just sell it and liquidate the assets to bigger companies like big agriculture and things like that and making big, uh, big, quote, big ag grow bigger, which defeats the purpose of not uh, using uh, the attack on generational wealth to not consolidate assets. You're actually consolidating assets amongst bigger companies each time as landowners sell off their land prior to dying so that they're not responsible for the taxes. Again, the great irony of the left, that it's not only that they don't help you, it's that they actively hurt you all the time. It's just astounding what they get away with. All right, I got a couple more things I want to get to. But today's show also brought to you by our buddies at My Patriot Supply. I love this company. Really good folks. Great customer service. Uh, I've had a couple people email me, had some questions for the company. They got right back to them. Folks, you got to prepare. Um, there's no better time than now. We, you know, we live in some difficult times. Uh, it's It just is unfathomable and to not be prepared. You have to prepare. Better to have things and not need them than to need them and not have them. Food, water, gas, generator. Uh, your weapons, a couple ammunition, a couple, a couple box of ammunition. Have this stuff ready to go. You know, you ever going to need it? P- probably not. You know, we live in a relatively safe country, but it makes no sense not to have it, especially what happened in Puerto Rico with the food supply. If the food supply uh, supply chain was disrupted, we'd be in a world of trouble. Go pick up a month's supply of emergency food today from our friends at My Patriot Supply. They will give you a one month supply of emergency food for one person. I got a couple boxes last uh, two weeks ago. For just 99 bucks. That's just $99. I'll ship it right to your house. It stays good for 25 years. You only need water to prepare it. Keep your water. Keep your food. Do not go without an emergency food supply. Hopefully, you'll store it and not need it. That'd be the best day of your life. But God forbid you need it. You better have it in your closet there. Go to preparewithdan.com. That's preparewithdan.com. And please, pick up your one-month supply of emergency food today. It makes a world of sense, folks. Please, go grab it. Okay, uh, let's yeah so Budweiser's thinking about boycotting the NFL now Hmm. I've got that story from the blaze they opened up a hotline Uh, I don't know if you saw this they opened up a hotline to receive complaints about their sponsorship of the NFL so I will put that article from the blaze in the show notes it has a number in there please call it and complain Uh, let's see okay here's a story I wanted to get to I had a few more but this one's important there's a Supreme Court case coming up this week that's really critical Uh, the Democrats again are trying to usurp power into the judicial branch now this is an internal quiz for all my longtime listeners you know why are democrats in love with the court system 
because Democrats love discretionary power and discretionary power is best exercised in the court system. When you have a a, a judge in a black robe who can say what's constitutional and not and just basically fabricate rights out of thin air, Democrats love this. They enjoy this. So they like to push everything into the court system because it can override the executive branch and it can override the legislative branch. Mm -hmm. Now, what they're trying to do now, Joe, is they're trying to override the constitutional limits on redistricting. Redistricting was left to the states. When I talk about redistricting, I mean the drawing up of congressional districts. Congressional districts all over the country, all 435 of them, have about 700,000 residents in each one. The states dictate what the borders are of those congressional districts in each of the states. Also, there's obviously their state senate and their legislative districts as well. The Democrats are now in court in a case, uh, Whitford, uh, Whitford versus uh, Gills, being heard by the Supreme Court. It's an absolutely critical case, folks. Here's a quote from this. The Democrats are trying to say right now that the Republicans are packing districts and basically redistricting to redistrict Democrats out of power. But here's a quote from the piece. In 2016, only 303 of the country's 3,113 counties were decided by a single percentage point margin compared to 1,096 in 1992. The point they're trying to make to Democrats in the lawsuit is a lot of these districts right now, uh, whether they're state, local, or federal, are uncompetitive because of Republicans. And they're using this thing uh, called the efficiency gap. Now, this is another one of those liberal kind of claptrap nonsensical terms yeah. that they bring up to scare you into believing that there's some kind of you know science or reason behind the premise. The efficiency gap is is measured on the budget uh, on the idea of wasted votes. In other words, that if you pack a district full of Democrats and let's say they vote ninety percent for Hillary Clinton, right, mm-hmm. and the rest of the district surrounding there, the Republican candidate, say Donald Trump, won you know fifty two forty eight. The idea with the efficiency gap is that basically forty percent of those votes in a district that won ninety percent for Clinton mm-hmm. were wasted. Why were they wasted? Because they're not efficient, because all she needed was 51 votes out of 100, Joe, and she got 90. So they didn't need all those votes. They, mm. they, you know, 40 or so were wasted there. So we could have spread them around and been more competitive in other districts. And the Democrats are saying this is what the Republicans are doing. But, folks, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it because I've discussed this before. But it's important to sh- the Democrats are basing it on proportionality. They're saying, well, given the amount of Democrats in the country, look, we won the popular vote. We should have more seats. That's not the way the Constitution works, folks. We are based on a system of federalism. We are not based on a proportionality system or a parliamentary system. That is not the way a republic works. And by the way, so that's point number one, that proportionality, that's a European idea. That's not an American idea. We're a republic. We're a republic where regional, regional interests are represented. We did not want California, New York, uh, you know, California, New York, two rather large states, two of the top, uh, you know, top four there. Yeah. We didn't want them to be able to dictate policies for Wisconsin and Texas. That's not what they wanted. They wanted regional representation as well. That's why we're a system of federalism and we're not a, a, uh, a, a populist society. We don't do that here. So it's not constitutional. But number two, the efficiency gap, Joe, in other words, wasted votes mm-hmm. in districts where Democrats rout Republicans. Mm-hmm. That's not our fault. Democrats move to cities. Conservatives stay in a lot of urban and rural areas. That's what do you want to do? You want to you want to forcefully relocate Democrats out to the suburbs 
That's not our problem. The fact that 90% of New York City votes for Republicans because Democrats and, and you know, hipsters and, and urban types like to vote Democrat, that's not our issue. You want to affect the process? Go move to the countryside. It's not the court's job now because you don't like the outcome of you being concentrated in urban areas. That's, that's your problem. That's not ours. But again, the Democrats, they, they constantly want to go into the court system and use the discretion of men in black robes and women to overturn what they can't win at the ballot box or through advances in legislation or the executive branch and executive power. They do this all the time. It's an important case to watch. I'll update you when I get the when I hear the results. But uh, Whitford v. Gale, I'll put a, uh, a uh, article, excuse me, about the show notes today in the show notes about it. But read up on it. It's important because it goes to show you the, the lengths to which Democrats will go to uh, use judges in black robes to overturn what they can't do anywhere else. It's really depressing. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I appreciate it. Please go to Bongino.com. Subscribe to my email list, there, email list there, and I'll get you the show notes right to your email box. Real convenient. All right, folks, I'll talk to you tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.